Let's pray. Let's pray before we do this tonight. Um, Brian Regan is clean. <clears throat> so, um, sorry. Yes, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's bring this back. Father, Lord, I thank you for, for tonight, for the time that we just had to praise you, to sing about your love for us. And God, tonight, as, as we learn from your word, uh, Lord, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, allow your word to penetrate our hearts, and show us anywhere that our heart may be hard or any idols that we may have where um, we are loving that more than we love you. Um, God, help this to be a good, profitable time for us right now. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. All right. You guys like it when people gossip about you? Isn't that like one of your favorite things? I thought, it, I thought that was a teenager's favorite thing. Why don't you like it when people gossip about you? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Why don't you like it when, when people gossip about you? Erica? It's normally wrong. Excellent. Yes, Trey? Sometimes they may be scheming. Okay. Lydia? It's a lie. Very good. Heather? A lot of times it's true. Yes, we don't want people to know all our garbage. That's right. Darren. Guys, guys, guys. Right. Right, okay. Rachel? Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Erica, Rachel, Lydia, that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. Many times it is true, and that's why we don't like it. But it's especially painful when it's a lie, right? And then people can get the wrong idea. So let's, this, and, and God has to deal with this tonight. God has to deal with people saying things about him that are not true. And just like you hate it when people gossip about you, when, when they're lying about you, God doesn't like it either. All right, so Malachi chapter 2, verse 17, if you brought your Bible, how many Bibles we got? Let me see, one, two, three, four, five. Bring your Bibles, guys, bring your Bibles. All right, uh, Malachi, chapter 2, verse 17. We've been through so many things so far, right? What, have, what has God accused these people of so far? Right, marrying unbelievers. What was that? Unholy sacrifices, yep. Dealing treacherously with their wives, right? Divorcing their wives, uh-huh. Not bringing their best complaining about having to serve God. Like, oh, we got to do this again. All right, tonight God has another complaint about them. This is what God says. Verse 17. You have wearied the Lord with your words. But you say, how have we wearied him? We've seen this before, right? They, they're always like, oh, we didn't do that. How did we do that? We didn't do that to you. Come on, get over it. But God says, no, you've done this. You have wearied the Lord with your words. 
Do you think the Lord gets weary? Do you think God gets weary? Yeah, obviously he does, right? Like, he doesn't get, like, tired and exhausted, right? But he just, he just gets, I mean, if you were around someone who just complains all the time, you get frustrated, right? All right. It says, you have wearied the Lord with your words, but you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or, by asking, where is the God of justice? Hmm. Okay, so the people have been complaining about God, and they've been saying these things about him. They're saying, everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. What does that mean? This is what the people are saying. Right, nothing you do. Right, these people are saying, man, all these evil people or people that we say are evil, they're doing all these evil things, but nothing's happening to them. This is what they're saying. Nothing seems to be happening to all these evil people, and so God must love them. Right? Because if God was a good God, and, and if he was a just God, he would punish those evil people immediately. And so they say, they say, eh, everyone who does evil is good in God's sight. He delights in them. It's kind of sarcastic, all right? Um, or by asking, they say, where is the God of justice? So they're either saying, God is there and he doesn't care. You can do whatever you like, right? I can do whatever I like. Okay? All right? Now, that's the second time I've referenced that song tonight in two different forms. All right? So they're saying God is there and he doesn't care. So just do whatever you want. Or the second question is, they say, where is the God of justice? They say, God, if God is a just God, then he's not there. He's not real. And they were looking at things that were happening in their society and they were looking at evil people doing bad things and seeming like they were going to get away with it. You guys ever feel this way? What are some things that happen in our society that, that seems like people are getting away with stuff? Everything. Like what? Crime? Well, yeah, suicide. I'm going to get you for suicide. Oh. Bad driving, yes. That's right. That's, that's why I won't put a fish, a little fish on my car because I get so mad when I'm driving. Like, I don't want people to know that I'm a Christian while I'm driving because I get so mad. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Jeez. Just kidding. Wow, y'all. Wow, y'all are, are strict, man. What else? What else? What else happens? What else happens? Yo, right here. I'm asking you guys a question. Put up your hand when I ask this question, okay? What else happens in society that it seems like people get away with? Stealing, okay, yeah. Teen pregnancy, okay? Those, yeah. Lying, lying, Lydia. 
Cursing. Raping. Yeah. I mean, we look at our we look at our court system, right? And and people are getting away with murder. Abortion. Gambling. Using weird acronyms. On the scale of one to ten, how does that rate on our evil scale? No, I wasn't there. Okay. All right, so all of these things are happening. All of these things are happening. My question is, all those things that you just listed, how many of those things are you guilty of? I don't rape nobody. I don't kill nobody. Well, who do you slander? Who do you gossip about behind their back? Uh, not me. I don't do nothing to nobody. Uh, who? Yeah. Exa whose test do you cheat off of? Right. Who do you lie to? Do you lie to your parents? Do you curse in school? Okay. She was the one who said cursing, so I had to ask her if she's the one doing it. All right, so we talk about those little things. This crew right over here needs to tone it down a little bit. And this crew right here as well. Steven, control them. So we look at all these little things, and the truth is we're probably guilty of a lot of them. All right? But we look at the big things like rape and murder and genocide. Who knows what genocide is? What's genocide, Rachel? Mass murder, like trying, right, trying to wipe out a specific group of people. All right. No, not armor robbery. Like when you try to wipe out a whole country of people. Yep, Hitler. There's something going on, Shh, guys. There's some, yeah, there's something going on in Darfur right now where they're, I, that's where I'm going. Uh, uh, Darfur and the Sudan. Uh, there are, one group of people is trying to just wipe out and kill whoever they can who are different from them, a whole, just a different race of people, and they're just trying to wipe them out, and it's happening right now, okay? So my question to you is, in rape, murder, abortion, people getting off, uh, Darfur, Sudan, my question to you is, where is God? Where is God? It's situations like this that make people look and go, Everyone who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord because he's not doing anything. Or if God is good, if God is just, I don't believe it. The Bible says God is just. I don't believe it because I see so much injustice happening in the world. And if your God was just, he would be doing something about that. He would stop it from happening. So we can see, we can understand a little bit why these people are saying this, right? We can see why they would be motivated to talk like this about God. 
But just like you guys get upset when people gossip about you and say the wrong thing about you, things that are lies, God comes in and says, no. God's going to defend himself. But he does it in a funny way. Turn cell phones off, please. Chapter 3, verse 1. God says, all right, this is your accusation against me. I love everybody. Everybody can do what they want. Or I don't, I'm not a God of justice. Here's what's going to happen. Behold. Saying, take notice. Watch this. Watch what I'm going to do. I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way, for me, the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. All right. Now, what's God saying? God says, I'm going to send a messenger. He will prepare the way before me. All right? So somebody's going to come along first, prepare the way, and then, and then who's coming behind him? Who's you? Me? Who? God. All right. Good. We got to get this. We got to get this. All right? So the messenger is coming, and then the Lord is coming. And the Lord whom you seek. It's like he's saying, all right, you're looking for him. You're wondering where God is. He's coming. All right? The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And this word suddenly... All right? It means, like, judgment. It usually doesn't mean a good thing is about to happen, okay? It means suddenly. It means, like, I'm going to grab you, and I'm going to do this. Right? Did you expect that, Trey? No. No, he didn't expect it. All right. It's going to happen suddenly, without warning. You're not going to expect it. You will suddenly come to his temple, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So, so we see some sarcasm in here tonight. It says, the Lord whom you seek, like you're really looking for him, and the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, right? Like, oh, you want him so bad. You really like him so much. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. All right. So here's what's going on. The messenger is coming first. The Lord is coming after him. Who were, who were these? Did this happen? Has this happened yet? It did. It's already happened. When did it happen? Jesus. Very good. Did anybody prepare the way for Jesus? Who? John the Baptist. Very good. All right. So what did John the Baptist do? He preached. Yep. He prepared the way of the Lord. Right? But how? How? What did he do? What did he do, Heather? He called the people to repent. Yes? And he's, he baptized Jesus, right? The people, the people asked John the Baptist. The people asked John the Baptist. They said, are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? And he said, no. He said, he said somebody is coming after me whose sandals I'm not willing to untie. Or not worthy. Sorry, not willing, but worthy. Yes, he did. 
But this, this is what John did. John was the messenger who prepared the way for the Lord. So this is a prophecy. We are getting into prophecy tonight. All right? And so after the messenger comes and prepares the way, it says, The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. So Jesus came right after John the Baptist, or during John the Baptist, right? But this says, The Lord whom you seek. And they were seeking for God. And the Lord is the messenger of the covenant. So what was Jesus? Jesus was the messenger of the covenant and... And, and he was God. Okay, yes. Okay. This is key, all right? This is, this is a, a big deal because this prophecy tells them that God was coming. That God was going to come to earth as a man. So this is a big deal. So they say he's coming. The problem is, sometimes you gotta be careful what you ask for. Right? How many of you have wanted something so bad and you, you finally got it and you said, man, I didn't, I probably shouldn't have got that. <laughs> Anybody got any goods? What'd you get, Kendallin? What'd you get? You don't know, all right. Just be careful. It's one of those, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it, all right? And just like I asked you guys before, how many, how many of those sins that we pointed out, how many of those were you guilty of? These people wanted God to come in and, and you know, wipe out the evildoer and put justice on the earth. Well, God says, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it and you might be one of those people that gets caught up in the judgment. The question is, what kind of judgment are you going to get caught up in? And he goes on to explain it. Verse 2 says, But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Hmm. He will sit as a refiner and purify and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. And they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. All right, so this says when Jesus comes, he is going to refine. And people aren't going to like it. Right? It says who can stand it when he comes? Who's going to be able to deal with it? He's going to come like a refiner. What does it say? Like a refiner's fire. And like fuller soap. All right, what is this? What is a refiner's fire and what is fuller soap? Refiner's fire, what happens? You guys know some of this, right? Like, you, right, you take the metal and you stick it in the hot, burning flame. And you turn it. And what, what is that, Chris? The impurities in the metal get burned out, right? Mm-hmm. See? Chemistry is biblical, so learn your, learn your chemistry, all right? You'd be a good Christian if you learn your chemistry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's true. But, the, but it says he's going to sit. He's going to sit and refine. So he's not just going to throw it in 
and then pull it back out. He's going to sit and he's going to leave it in there and he's going to turn it over and he's going to watch all those impurities melt away and it's going to take time. He's going to take his time doing it. Is it fun to be in the fire? No. Yeah, it's kind of hot. And it can be painful. <laughs> it can be painful. But man, those impurities, what are the impurities in our life? It's our sin, right? It's our cursing. It's our uh, lying, our stealing. All of those things, Jesus says, He's going to refine. And He's going to burn out of you. And it's going to be painful. But why does He do it? Because He loves us. And because He wants us to be able to bring good sacrifices. Bring good worship. Good offerings to Him. Hmm. How many of you are being refined right now? Yeah, like what, what is there in your life that, that Jesus is trying to burn away from you? That Jesus is saying, no, you don't need that. Is it a relationship? Is it a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you thought was so important to you, but it just didn't work out? Maybe that didn't work out because God knew that that was an idol for you. And he wants you to be pure. He wants to burn that away. You thought you had lied to your parents and gotten away with it? Or like, like Lauren tonight, I asked Lauren if she, if she had been good today in school and she just looked at me and all this guilt just came over her face. She's like, I skipped second period. <laughs> oh, she skipped the second half of National Pride. And I, <laughs> I was like, The point is, the point is, shh, the point is she thought she had gotten away with it until I asked her about it. <laughs> yeah, she told people that, okay. The point is we think we're going to get away with stuff, but then we, then we don't and people find out and, and uh-oh, God has to burn something else away. Ah. And we say God does this because he loves us, right? Like, like if your mom and dad, when you were five years old, if you ran out into the street, what do your parents do? Did they just say, did they just say, I really love you, but I want you to have your own, make your own decisions and, you know, you're mature enough, you're five years old, you're mature enough to make your own decisions. And if you want to go play in the street with all the cars, you know, go right ahead. I love you. She doesn't, they don't love you, right? What they do is they grab you and they say, get your stupid self down here. You are not supposed to play in the street. I told you 800 times, do not play in the street. Do we think they're mean? No, they love us. Anyway. So... 
So if you're being refined, you know, if I come up to you and I say something to you, you know, like, I noticed that you are doing this. Like, I've seen this on your Facebook page, and this is questionable for someone who says they're a Christian. What are you going to do? Are you going to be upset and defriend me on Facebook? And, or are you, are you going to take that as an opportunity to be refined? Do you think it's because I want to be mean to you, or do you think it's because I love you? Right? So that's a part, that's, that's being refined, removing the impurities. Now, what is fuller soap? What is this stuff? You guys are going to get educated tonight. Yes, Brandon. Very good. You take the sheep, you know, and you shear the sheep. You get all the stuff off of it. But they don't take that stuff just as it is, you know, right off the dirty sheep. They have to clean that wool. Because it still doesn't work. And so they, this is... The fuller, the fuller takes his soap and he scrubs that stuff and he beats it with rocks. He beats the wool with rocks to shape it, to shape it into what he wants it to look like. Now, does it ever feel like Jesus is shaping you, right? To, to make you clean and to whiten you. Like that's what, you take the dirty sheep wool and you wash it in the soap and, and they make it white, all right? It's like bleaching it. Now, so God is going to put us in the fire to burn away the impurities and it, it might put us through the painful process of being shaped into what he wants us to be so that why it says so that they will bring offerings in righteousness to the lord all right it's so that god can use us to glorify him that's why we go through the hard times okay that's why we go through the hard times because we do have things in us that are not good that that are not glorifying to god and god says I don't want to let you run out into the street. God says, I want to make you into the right kind of child. And so sometimes you're going to go through painful things. You're going to lose things that maybe you had gained too much affection for. Or because you just don't like to obey. That's a real struggle for some of us, right? And God says, I might have to beat you so that you will be able to offer righteous sacrifices. All right. In verse 4, it says, Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. All right, he's talking about, the, remember the sons of Levi? Who are the sons of Levi? The priests, all right. And who are the sons of Levi today? Us, people who believe in the messenger of the covenant, right? Who believe in Jesus. Jesus was God who came in the form of man. 
He came as a man. All right? So this kind of judgment is for the priests. Does this sound like fun? Not, not really. You, this is the one you want, okay? You don't want to be in this other group that he's about to talk about. You can either be purified or you can be punished. The priests are the people who believe in the messenger. And this is what they have to go through in order to offer right, righteous sacrifices. This next group of people he's going to talk about, they don't believe in the messenger. They don't love God. They want to do their own thing. They live like God isn't real and that God doesn't exist and God doesn't care. But God is saying, I know you think I don't care. I know you look at those people who are doing evil things and it looks like they're getting away with it. But one day, when Jesus comes back, this is what's going to happen to him. Verse 5. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers. So Harry Potter is in trouble. All right. <laughs> the, it says the sorcerers. I wish it said the undead vampires, but it doesn't. So, All right. <laughs> I watched it. Anyway. <laughs> against... against the adulterers, all right? All those people who are cheating on their wives, all those people who are sleeping with their girlfriends and think, oh, God doesn't mind. We're married in our hearts, right? No, you're married in your pants. <laughs> um. Against sorcerers, adulterers, against those who swear falsely, all right? These are our liars. If you are someone who consistently lies and cannot tell the truth, and, and any time you get in a bind, you lie, this is what he says. He's going to be a swift witness against you, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages. How many of you are oppressing your workers? Heather? Heather? All right, that one may not apply to you, but it just means be fair, right? It just means be fair to people. All right? Those who oppress the hired worker and those who oppress the widow and the fatherless. All right? So orphans and widows and people who can't fend for themselves. You guys, uh, grades 11 and 12 girls, you have a chance tomorrow at Care Kitchen to help the widow and the fatherless and the homeless. He also says, uh, against those who thrust aside the sojourner. This is like, this, these are the aliens. Not real aliens, well, yeah. But just like, yeah, people who are passing through your country and, right, immigrants, and you say, oh, you're from another country, I hate you. Right? But the, all these people, he sums it all up. He says, all these people, uh, those who oppress the hard workers' wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner, and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts, against those who do not fear me. So, for God, when we sin, 
he connects that to us not fearing him, thinking that we're going to get away with it, thinking that he doesn't see, thinking that he doesn't care. But one day, this is going to happen. Now, it's time to go. If we look at Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus is here. Now, has all of that judgment happened yet? No, it hasn't. But Jesus has come, right? All right, so what happened? Jesus came, and there was no judgment. Have, have all of those people been judged yet? It still seems like they're getting away with it, right? All right, let's look at... I'm going to teach you, some, teach you something about prophecy tonight. Teach you something. Prophecy is not always fulfilled all at once, okay? Sometimes it happens in stages. We've seen the first stage where Jesus came, all right? And now we're going through that process of refining, right? Those who believe in him, we're going through that process of refining. Uh, Luke 4, verse 16. Jesus is, <clears throat> Jesus used to like to go around and preach, in case you didn't know, all right? He said, like to go around and preach. And he's going to Nazareth. All right, here we go. Listen to this. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. And he, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, watch that. That's where he stops. Okay? That's where he stops. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. All right? So he gets up, he reads this portion of the scroll from Isaiah. But he stops at a certain place and he says, verse 21 says, And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So Jesus says, I am fulfilling this prophecy right now. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Recover your sight to the blind. Set at liberty those who are oppressed. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. All these good things, right? Why did he stop there? and say that this is fulfilled today. Because if we read the very next line in that passage in Isaiah, what does it say? You got that for me? All right, we see? Uh, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, open the prisons to those who are bound. Go to the next one, verse two. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, that's where he stopped. What's right after that? and the day of vengeance of our God. Aren't you glad he stopped there? If he would have kept going, everyone would have been wiped out right then. We would not be here right now. But it's amazing that day of vengeance is the very next line. Yet, that wasn't fulfilled. Yet. But what we're talking about tonight, this part where the judgment is coming on all these evildoers, on all the sinners who do not believe in Jesus, that day of vengeance, that's what, that's what he's talking about. So sometimes prophecy is not fulfilled all at once, but rather in stages. 
So what stage are we in right now? The favor, right? The refining, the opportunity to accept Jesus, to repent of our sin, to take God seriously, because when he comes back, what's going to happen? If you don't believe in him, if you don't love him, if you don't believe that he loves you, you're going to get caught up in all of that and all of the judgment and destruction. <clears throat> and the vindication of, even though we think right now, man, these people are getting away with murder. Where are you, God? What's going on? I don't think you're good. I don't think you're just. God says, give me some time. Because when it does happen, it's all at once. It is all at once. All those people who think they've gotten away with it, it's all at once, and it's going to be terrible and horrible, and they will not be able to bear it. The book of Revelation says, they will go to the mountains and cry out for the rocks to fall on them. Because the judgment of God is going to be so severe for those people who do not believe in him. So my question tonight for you is, are you going to be purified? Or do you want to be punished? Do you want to be one of those people crying out for the rocks to crush you because you refuse to repent of your sin now? Because you just want to do whatever it is you want to do? And not pay any attention to God, not love Him, not try to learn how much He loves you? Which group do you want to be in? Some of you are being refined right now. Don't run from it. Let him shape you into what he wants you to be so that you can offer perfect sacrifices, good, righteous sacrifices because you love him and he loves you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you tonight for your word, for the warning it gives us. Lord, I pray for any teenager in here tonight who does not know what side they are on whether they are on the purifying side or on the side that is going to be punished. God, you, your mercy is so great. Your love for us is so great. And I just pray that every teenager in here tonight would understand that and take hold of that. To believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who died for them, who paid for that sin so they don't have to be judged, God. Lord, I pray that anyone in here tonight who is unsure, that they would talk to their small group leader to repent of any sin that they need to repent of and turn away from that sin and turn to you and to stop playing games to stop thinking that they're getting away with it because Lord one day they will not get away with it I just pray that you would convict them and speak to them and show them how much you love them and how much you, you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us to take our place God, help us to see that and appreciate that and to love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.